Hello, this is Andy, and you're listening to Federal Andy. Episode 119, More Republican Shenanigans. Hey everyone, this is Andy. It is Monday, March the 6th. It's early afternoon where I'm located. And you owe me a big thanks. Because I'm not going to put you through the torture of listening to the episode that I had originally planned. (laughs) And the original plan for this episode was to fact check Donald Trump's speech at the CPAC on Saturday. And I sat down, it's been a couple of hours actually, reading the transcript of his speech and fact-checking it. I was at number 30, and I wasn't finished. And I thought, this is going to take hours to finish, and I'm not going to be able to get this in one episode unless I do a two- or three-hour episode So I'm going to have to divide it up. And I thought, all right, I'm just going to pick the highlights of what I've already done and do a shorter episode on that. And I was 30 minutes into recording that episode. And I just decided I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do it because everyone knows he's a liar. And virtually everything that he said while he was giving his speech, everything in his speech was a lie. He took credit for stuff that he was not responsible for if it was something that turned out to be good or positive. If he was involved in something that turned out to be a disaster, or public sentiment is not so good, somebody else's fault. He had nothing to do with that. Twists, facts around. And it's like he doesn't even care that people know he's lying. (laughs) Started off uh, prior to his speech that horrible Lee Greenwood song, God Bless the USA, which I actually used to like until somehow it became the theme song for the Republican Party, and it didn't represent God anymore to me, and it certainly didn't represent what I felt like the USA should be. So they latched onto that, just like they latched onto the word patriot. I did hear Donald Trump welcome all the patriots at CPAC, which, sorry, 
but CPAC is basically a meeting of white supremacists. True. Anyway, uh, I'm, I, got I got 30 minutes into that, and I just thought, nope, I'm not doing it, and I just deleted the whole thing. Permanently deleted, so I can never go back and dredge any of it up. And I took my notes, threw them away. So I'm not going to talk about his speech. The fact-checking was... It was just, it was blatant lies. He is against Alvin Bragg now. Alvin Bragg is the Manhattan um, guy up in Manhattan that's doing investigations into Trump's business practices. And he had inherited an investigation from his predecessor and then announced that he was going to probably not proceed with that investigation. And then some of his lead prosecutors quit very um, abruptly and commented that they thought that there was more than enough evidence to prosecute Trump. And now he's kind of, Alvin Bragg has kind of come back and, and is, is, has kind of reopened all of that if he ever really closed it. We don't really know for sure what he was doing. I, he's kind of acted like it never really officially closed. I don't know. All I can say is from an ordinary citizen's point of view, all of these legal things are taking way, way, way too long. So all of y'all need to get it together and start getting some indictments filed. That includes the folks in Georgia, everybody up in New York State, folks at the Department of Justice. Come on, it's been over two years. What the heck? And while you guys are doing whatever the heck it is that you're doing, I guess I should say guys and gals, because I know that there are some gals that are doing some investigating also. Uh, these folks who we know have committed crimes because we've seen evidence from the J6 committee. We saw a lot of the stuff on our TV live when it was happening. And y'all still need more time? Come on. I think once you start indicting people, maybe you'll get a little more cooperation because right now everybody thinks there's a good chance they're going to get away with all of this. And that includes a lot of the American people who do not have confidence in you guys to get this stuff done. Guys and gals. Sorry. Bad habit. Anyway. So everybody's waiting for an indictment, right? Everybody wants Donald Trump to be indicted, except for his poorly educated supporters that he adores. Adores y'all because you believe everything he says, even though he has a history of lying. You think he's a Christian man, even though he doesn't go to church. He's cheated on all of his wives, and he's on wife number three. He cheated on her. <laughs> he doesn't do anything 
that is Christian. But y'all think he's like the savior for the world. Okay. Keep sending in those donations, folks. Keep <laughs> sending him money because he really appreciates that. Appreciate your vote and he appreciates your money. Everything else, stop it, basically. So anyway, one of the things that he did say, Donald Trump, over the weekend, is that he is not going to drop out of the 2024 presidential race, even if he's indicted. And we don't know what's going to happen, but uh, so it's it's all just a um, hypothetical situation right now. But it could very well be likely. And apparently, it would be legal for him to continue to run as a candidate for the presidency, even under indictment for crimes. So <laughs> I decided that I would talk about that a little bit, just so that everybody kind of knows what's up with the um, campaign. If indictments do come down, that doesn't end his campaign, unfortunately. There's three requirements uh, that you have to meet to run for president, and uh, those come in Article 2, Section 1 of the Constitution, which says, and this is a quote, no person except a natural-born citizen or a citizen of the United States at the time of the adoption of this Constitution shall be eligible to the office of president. Neither shall any person be eligible to that office who shall not have attained to the age of 35 years and been 14 years a resident within the United States. End quote. So basically what it's saying is you have to be a natural born citizen to run for the presidency or a citizen of the United States and that you have to be um, 35 years old at least and you have to have been a citizen, a resident, I guess, uh, within the United States for a period of 14 years. So that's it. Seems like maybe they should have put something in there, but there are, there are other things in the constitution that deal with if you've participated or encouraged an insurrection or, you know, there's other things that kind of deal with that. But the problem is you have to kind of be convicted. And as we have seen, Trump and his cronies are <laughs> probably the most talented people that have ever come along at delaying stuff when it comes to court. He has figured out how to wrap the, the, the um, court system around his little finger and delay, 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 delay in the hopes that 
whoever is suing him runs out of money and they can't afford to continue. He just drags it out as long as he possibly can. That has happened a lot. Now, this stuff with the Department of Justice may not be, uh, that may not be so easy for him to drag it out in, in the hopes that the other side's going to run out of money. But that doesn't mean that he will uh, not try it. And of course, he has been trying it. So, and believe it or not, historically, there has been precedent set for this very situation. And going back to 1920, there was a guy named Eugene Debs, D-E-B-S, who was a candidate for the president. And he was not only charged, but he had been convicted and imprisoned. <laughs> yeah convicted and imprisoned of crimes while he was running for president. <laughs> and uh, he was charged under the Espionage Act, and he served time in Georgia. So even though he'd been charged and convicted, he was still able to run, and thank goodness the folks back then didn't vote for him. Maybe they were better educated back then than some of the people are today. I don't know. <laughs> now, a lot of this stuff has not been tested in a court of law. So the, 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 uh, the judicial branch, some of the things that we are entering, some of the territory that we are entering with some of this stuff with Trump and his folks, we don't know what the outcome's going to be because it hasn't been um, adjudicated before. So there's a lot of stuff regarding the January 6, 2021 insurrection, which make you wonder whether he could even take office if he was convicted, because the 14th Amendment of the Constitution, Section 3, states in, in part, quote, no person shall hold any office under the United States who, having previously taken an oath as an officer of the United States to support the Constitution of the United States, shall have engaged in insurrection or rebellion against the same or given aid or comfort to the enemies thereof, end quote. Now, I got to tell you, it's pretty obvious that Donald Trump has given aid and comfort to the enemies thereof. The, the very fact that he has promised that he's going to pardon everybody that is involved, that was involved with January 6th, he's, he's already said, I'll just, I'm going to pardon everybody, blanket pardon. Well, that's giving comfort to these people who've been convicted that are sitting in prison right now because they're thinking, wow, if he becomes president come January 2025, <laughs> I'm going to be out free as a bird. I think that that's giving aid and comfort. 
in addition to helping be a part of the insurrection, planning it. So there you go. Um, and, and that isn't that isn't the limit of it. We have to remember that he had top secret documents at his private residence slash resort in Palm Beach, Florida, known as Mar-a-Lago. And there are some things in the laws that would disqualify him from office as well. So the three things that are required to run for president, he's got all of those. So he can stay in and continue to run, apparently, even if he's being tried and even if he's convicted. Some of these other things may kick in if he is convicted. But again, how are they going to handle that? If he runs for president and the Department of Justice or Bonnie Willis or somebody in New York State, somebody finally files charges against Donald Trump of a crime serious enough that he would not be able to serve in office. Are we going to get through the trial before the election? Probably not, which is why y'all need to get the lead out. Come on. It's been over two years. What the heck are you doing? You do not have the luxury of time at this point. Time is not on your side if you are investigating the crimes of Donald Trump and his cronies. Thought I'd just share that in case you all lost track of what it what it uh, is like on the calendar or the clock or whatever. It's no longer 2022, <laughs> much less 2021. So y'all need to get on with it. So <laughs> right now, nobody really knows what would happen. Would he be able to take office if he were elected president, even though he was currently in court? And would the Department of Justice then say, oh, well, we're just going to have to put everything on hold for four years because now all of a sudden he's president. Is that fair to the American people? No. I have commented before on this podcast that this rule or this policy that the Department of Justice has about not doing anything if it's the president, not getting involved if there's an election coming up or whatever, is a, it's doing a misjustice. Is that a word? It's doing an injustice to the American people. Because if the person that they're about to cast a vote for is suspected of a crime, if that is kept secret from the American people, then the full benefit of that goes to the person who might very well be guilty. And then the truth comes out after the fact. And all of a sudden they're, oh, well, they're the president of the United States or whatever. They can't be touched now. Give me a break. I think that they need to say, 
by the way, before you all vote, you should know that this person is under investigation for X. And then they should say, based on this information and let people decide. And I'll point out that uh, FBI Director James Comey at the time didn't have any hesitation to come out right before an election and say that they were looking into uh, Hillary Clinton's emails again, even though, well, you know, doesn't look like there's really anything there. So remember that next time you hear Republicans say that everything is tilted against the Republicans, because it's not true. It's not true at all. And uh, could be the very reason that Donald Trump was president to begin with could have been because of that remark from James Comey. How many votes did uh, Hillary lose because of that? We may never know, probably never will. So anyway, that is, uh, that's the deal. So the simple matter is that criminal charges alone do not legally prevent Trump or anyone else from running for president. They can still run. And that seems like an obvious thing that needs to be addressed, wouldn't you think? And of course, when you've got a bunch of nutcases in Congress, like we have right now, they're not going to do anything, anything to correct any of these issues, because the reason that they're in the positions they're in is partly because of <laughs> this, uh, well... There's questions about this and the way this is worded in the Constitution. It can be interpreted this way or another way. And this has never been really tested in, in a court of law before. So anyway, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but if you have been under the impression that if a bunch of indictments, even though they're very serious, if a bunch of stuff comes down against Donald Trump, he, if he wants to, if he keeps his word, he can continue to run for the presidency and he can apparently be on the ballot and there will be idiots voting for him, knowing full well that he may very well have committed crimes, but that's okay with them because he feeds their hatred and their fears. And that makes them feel better about themselves. Yeah. God bless the USA, huh? We've been talking about Georgia a lot in the news lately. There's been a lot going on in Georgia. Georgia has become a transitional state. It's not as red as it used to be, and it's not quite blue, but it's leaning blue. And I guess you could say it's a purple state. The governor is a Republican, and I believe most of the state legislature 
is Republican. We know that they have some representatives like uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene is from Georgia, definitely a Republican. And then that guy that owns the gun shop, I can't remember his name right now, but the one that handed out the assault rifle pins in the House of Representatives, well, he's, he's from Georgia too. But both of the senators in the U.S. Senate are Democrats. So there's hope that Georgia may actually get its act together and kick some of these backwoods Republicans who are lying and cheating their way to keeping their seats. Maybe they'll toss them out on their keisters in the next uh, election or two. Now, we all know that there was a grand jury report that was released recently in Fulton County dealing with the 2020 election meddling in Georgia by former President Donald Trump. And we know that the district attorney for Fulton County, who is overseeing the investigation and the process of dealing with the grand jury, is a a uh, woman by the name of Fonnie Willis, and she's apparently a Democrat, and she is a black woman. So, right now, she is in the process of deciding whether or not to file charges. And the way it works in Georgia is she went before a grand jury that was designed to do the investigation and make recommendations and write a report, then Fonnie Willis, the attorney, the district attorney, has to go before a regular grand jury in Georgia and present her information to this regular grand jury, and that grand jury can then indict kind of a weird deal. You would think that if there was a special grand jury that was assigned specifically to look into something and come to conclusions, that they would also have the power to indict, but apparently not. Not in Georgia. You have to go before a different grand jury and let them do it. So everybody's waiting on that right now. Bonnie Willis told the judge, because there had been a, a suit filed that under the, I think, Freedom of Information Act, that they wanted the grand jury report to be released to the public. Bonnie Willis went before the judge and said that decisions were imminent. And the way it was worded is that there was going to be multiple people possibly charged and that she wanted to make sure that their rights were being protected. And she was concerned that releasing the full grand jury report before she was ready to make the announcement on whether or not charges were being filed uh, might be a problem for the um, defendants. So the judge redacted a bunch of the report and released some of it. So... That's where we're at right now. We're waiting on Bonnie Willis's office to 
announce if there's going to be charges. And one of the things that is a concern is that the special grand jury that was looking into the Trump 2020 stuff stated in their report that they felt like some of the witnesses that were called before them were lying to them. They, they lied to the grand jury. So that certainly opens up the door to additional charges that might, might not have existed previously. But the thing that's concerning here, which has fallen off of a lot of people's radar, because it's not really been reported a whole lot in the media, is that uh, Georgia legislators, which are mostly Republican, I think it's, I think it's Republican majority, have established some new rules that um, assert lawmakers enjoy what they call legislative privilege that frees them from being compelled to testify in court proceedings. And so people think that this might have something to do with this investigation into Donald Trump. So the Atlanta Journal-Constitution reported, uh, this is taken from their article that appeared in uh, January of this year, quote, the General Assembly long ago exempted itself from the state's Open Records Act that all other government officials must obey, a statute designed to ensure the public knows what its elected officials are doing. The legislature in recent years has gone to court to avoid having to release General Assembly documents. Republican leaders emphasize that the rules don't add new protections, but legislators updated the rules after several lawmakers claimed they were immune from subpoenas to testify to a Fulton County grand jury's investigation of former President Donald Trump. And that's the end of the quote from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution article. But apparently that wasn't good enough. So did you get the gist of that? Again, it, it seems like there's uh, some stuff going on here to protect Donald Trump by the Republicans who are in control of the legislature in Georgia. But two additional bills have been introduced in the Georgia House of Representatives that would make it easier to remove district attorneys, such as Fonnie Willis, the district attorney from Fulton County, who is leading the investigation into the Trump interference in the 2020 Georgia election. Hmm, wonder why that would be. House Bill 229 would lower the number of signatures that are needed from registered voters to trigger a recall for a district attorney. Hmm. And another measure, which is House Bill 231, establishes a state commission that would have the power to remove a prosecutor. Hmm. Why would they want to do that? Why in the world would they want to do that? 
apparently the commission's members would be chosen by George's governor, lieutenant governor, house speaker, and the Senate Committee on Assignments. And, oh, by the way, all of these positions that I just mentioned are currently being held by Republicans. And that would include every seat on the Senate committee. <laughs> so, do you think it's just a coincidence that Georgia Republicans, some of them who have been subpoenaed in Fonnie Willis's probe, are now attempting to take steps that certainly seem like they are in response to her investigation. And this is just before it kicks up to a higher gear, perhaps. Just a coincidence, you think? Um, folks, the Republican Party is corrupt. Now, there may be some people who are currently serving in seats either at the state level or, I don't know, uh, maybe in the U.S. House of Representatives or the U.S. Senate that are honest. But if so, by and large, they're keeping their mouths shut on a lot of this stuff. And the Republican Party knows that it is on the losing end of public opinion on most things. It is on the wrong side of the abortion issue. It's on the wrong side of gun control laws. It's on the wrong side of raising the minimum wage. It's on the wrong side of providing health care to the American people, something like uh, Medicare for all or something like every other <laughs> country that is not a third world or a second world country has for all of its citizens, and they pretty much seem to like it. So these desperate actions by the Republicans need to be watched. And I think Democrats are going to have to stop this thinking that when they go low, we go high. I love Michelle Obama, but I think she was wrong because when you do that, you're, you're dependent upon the majority of the people out there realizing that there's a difference between right and wrong and being low and going high. And it just seems like there's a lot of people out there today that do not get it or they don't want to get it or it just doesn't matter to them. So we need to keep an eye on Georgia because it uh, seems like uh, the lights might be getting ready to go out in Georgia, if you know what I mean. And uh, in the darkness, that's when uh, dirty deeds happen and we got to keep an eye on these folks and what they're doing. Thank you for listening. I would be grateful to you if you'd subscribe and share this podcast to let your friends and family know about it. You can also find me on Twitter at Federal Andy, and I'd be really grateful if you would follow me. I usually follow back. Be happy, safe, and healthy, and I'll hopefully be talking to you again next week.
Thank you.